The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pride to Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and meat sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein and each stick has eight grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's promo code POD15 at RighteousFelon.com. Free agency preview. Welcome to a special Pride of Detroit POD cast episode. This is a Pride of Detroit special, the after school special. Uh, we're going to be recording this on Thursday on the 9th. If you're listening on the podcast, I think it's going to come out a few days later just because uh, we've got people traveling around. But we want to have this out as kind of the primer for you to get ready for NFL free agency. So I'm Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett on Twitter. Jeremy Reisman, fearless leader at Detroit Online, is the reason why we're doing this a wee early. A little bit. I mean, we were going to do it early anyways, because if we do this on a Monday, news was probably going to hit anyways yeah there's going to be i'm sure even over the weekend when before this thing comes out there might be a bunch of editing notes on here so if stuff is outdated please forgive us ryan matthews the rock god coach matthews is here at ryan underscore pod ryan you ready free agency ready to spend some money that's not ours uh maybe potentially These have been very quiet free agencies for the Detroit Lions in the past few years. There's usually been like one or two splashes here and there. Last year, we had DJ Shark. And we're going to go over the roster. It's more going to pertain to the roster itself right now. But I guess I should start with that question just uh, in to start with Jeremy, because uh, I've got one position in mind where I think the Lions, I wouldn't call it a splash, but I think I know where they're going to spend. But where? 
Are we expecting big splashes? Are we expecting Jalen Ramsey? Are we expecting a big name to come to Detroit? Uh, I keep getting no. asked about Patrick Peterson. Okay, thank you. Next. No. <laughs> yeah, Moving I mean, on. We, we can literally move on because Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes have been like, yeah, we're not changing our approach. We have more money. We understand we're a better team. But our approach is going to stay the same. Like, we are not interested. I mean, Dan Campbell straight up said, like, we don't want to get the top paid guys every year. Like, that's not our goal. We're just looking for guys who can make us get better maybe start here and there, um, but we're not going to break the bank. And so uh, I think, I think we're going to have to get used to the new normal here. And, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that that's a bad thing, but don't expect the lines to go out and make any, any big splash move this off season, or maybe really any off season when it comes to free agent signings. Now they still might trade and, and do things like that. But um, I, I think, I think not to like, immediately subdue this podcast and say, Hey, we're not going to do anything. So you guys can just turn this off and listen to something else. No, don't do that. We're going to talk about some in-house decisions. And then obviously we'll talk about some uh, exterior signings that, that we like, but don't, I'm saying don't expect anything huge. Yeah. For clarification too, Jalen Ramsey isn't a free agent. The lions could trade for him. That could definitely be on the table, but I, I think, I don't believe though. Um, I, I think where we're at with Detroit and free agency right now, though, what makes it most interesting is trying to identify those players that Brad Holmes sees potential in, Yeah. Um, you know, the Charles Hard. Harris, the DJ sharks of the world. Um, it, it's, it's a little bit more interesting to take a look at free agency through that lens though, because it's really easy to compile a list of, Oh, the lions are going to sign Jamel Dean and they're going to, you know, get the top, they're going to get Javon Hargrave and they're, no, it's not that. Uh, it, it takes a little bit more research and it, and it takes a little bit um, more discerning on, on our end. So buckle up. Free agency answering fan questions about free agency is a, it's a bit of a whack-a-mole of basically guys you know. If you know the name, right. you ask if your team is going to get them in free agency. If you don't know the name, Likely they'll they will they will be the one who is actually signed in free agency, and then we we are the ones doing the back leg work for you to inform you of who they actually are. But I yeah I I don't usually too like the teams who are doing big in free agency during this time of year aren't usually the ones that translated to on the field success. There's been a couple teams that have had some big splashes out there, like Tampa Bay Buccaneers a, a few years ago, but they're few and far between. I'm not saying that's a bad decision not to spend free agency, but it is definitely one that's based and grounded in a lot of evidence. And to be honest, you know, with football, it's a lot about guys who buy into your system, who know your system very well. So, yeah, it's always going to be kind of more promotion from within at the end of the day. Yeah, but so let, let's get into it. Let's. Uh, yeah, let's but there is the one. Here. I was going to say there is one yeah. position that is. uh is deficient though that i think the lions will look outside for it's jeremy's favorite position it's the backup quarterback position <laughs> not qb1 we we left lamar jackson to the mailbag with eric and jeremy and i'm sure at some point ryan has his thoughts on that but quarterback back qb2 last year nate sudfeld mm. Mm. so uh, we have some quotes here from Ben Johnson that they want a backup quarterback who's going to be good on third down and end of the half quote. When I look at a backup quarterback, two areas I want are those two, because that's where they really have the most impact base downs. You normally, I think you can mask them to a degree with the running game play action. I, I, so this is, this is kind of letting us into the mind, the lions a little bit, and they need someone who's going to be ready to jump in 
and just stay healthy for a long time too. So Jeremy, I give you the field. Yeah, no, I, I going think, on backups. Well, I, I think that's a fascinating quote. First of all, I think, um, because I don't know when I think of a backup, I'm just like, I want a guy in there that won't mess up and that's all. And mm-hmm. it's clear that the bar is a lot higher for Ben Johnson. He wants a guy that they know in crunch time will, you know, they'll, he'll stay poised. He'll be able to, to the, the moment won't get too big for him. And, and to me, that says like veteran, like this guy wants a veteran guy who's been through it, who has a lot of reps who, and this, this is the one category where I think you're going to recognize some names here and, and it's going to be someone that you like. And I know, I, I think I already know what Ryan's answer is going to be. So I'm not going to take it away from him. Um, but like, I, I don't know, like I've been kind of on the Andy Dalton train all off season. I, I still kind of stick with that. I think he's going to be a relatively cheap option. He certainly has been through a lot and, you know, he's, he's certainly mistake prone at times, but um, he was actually a really good backup last year. He got an 82.1 PFF grade um, last year with, with the saints backing up that situation. So I think he's the guy I'm, I'm rolling behind. I get, he also has extensive here. starter experience too, which fits yeah, very well. I mean. on yes. This. That's yeah. what I'm saying is, is you need a guy that has a ton of experience. If he's going to be good on third down, if he's going to be good in red zone and, and all these critical marks. So give me Andy Dalton. I think another interesting question here is, is how much you'd be willing to, to pay for the backup position. They've the lines have spent around like one to 3 million in the past. And that, no, I mean, we've we've been on this podcast before saying, like, we don't care about backup quarterback. We don't care about backup quarterback. But we're in a different position now where the team is expected to compete. Maybe you raise that up to three, four, five million a year for that backup quarterback position. And I think you can probably get Andy Dalton right at the maybe the, the peak of that range. I think PFF has him at five point two five million for one year. I'd do that. Oh, my turn to talk. OK, um, yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I know you didn't want to take Teddy Bridgewater away from me, but I do want to point out that uh, Dave Burkett had a uh, he had a great article where he kind of went over some of the options that are available um, at backup quarterback. And he broke down all of their uh, third down career statistics and then also how they played in the final two minutes of the of the game um, in in their careers as well. And surprisingly enough, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is a name that I I think would be solid for Detroit just because of, well, I mean, for some of the reasons that you guys just mentioned, I mean, a former starter, a guy who Dan Campbell will have some familiarity with because of his time in New Orleans. Um, I, I, I view Bridgewater as a guy who stylistically, I think people kind of lump him in with the mobile quarterbacks. I, I, I wouldn't do that. I don't think Ben Johnson would have to, you know, completely change his offense uh, to uh, to fit somebody like Bridgewater in there. Um, but I, I think that he would be a solid option. Maybe he costs a little bit more than Andy Dalton. I don't know. Um, at the end of the day, they're backup quarterbacks. So we'll see. Probably depends on the situation. But I do agree from a macro standpoint that I think the Lions should start thinking about how they want to solidify this position because they are going to be in a place where they're going to be contending and they're one quarterback injury away from, from needing a guy who can step up and, and fill the shoes of Jared Goff. I think either of those options, I think Andy Dalton or Bridgewater would, would be, you know, very, very good options. I'm kind of fascinated. I know they are they're They're not want, they're looking for someone who's had a lot of experience on the field. There are some younger options out there i i think the jets are probably on key to sign someone like mike white but you know he's had some flashes in the past but you mean that's i i i'm like i'm like jeremy i like andy dalton he's kind of been 
in the league for a long time, but it's also been like there, there's been he, he's clearly not been working very well as a starter. But I think there is, again, some familiarity there that that could be something something workable at the end yeah. of the day. If you like a guy who throws back to back pick sixes, Andy Dalton's your guy. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to we don't have to talk about it. It was one game. We don't have to talk about that one. It'd be my quite. Um, but I think this all gives way to the part of free agency I'm most fascinated with. And that is when do the Lions resign Jamal Williams? <laughs> I hope by the time anyone is listening to this at home, they're like, oh, I hope this is dated. I can fast forward this part. I hope this is dated. <laughs> I not just because of like the culture and everything, too, but I, we, we've talked about this extensively, Jeremy Ryan, like he fits exactly what the Lions need in a in the running back committee. Someone who's going to run north south, someone who's going to run very hard and manages to find the gaps and punches through and just gets you a few more a few more yards than you're usually going to expect behind and behind of a, a good offensive line someone who's going to be someone who can finish a drive in a red zone with about five yards to go jamal williams has done all of that i understand that maybe the touchdown numbers are inflated because they just give him the ball in red zone but he they give them the ball of red zone because he can get through those pileups he knows exactly what's coming at him i understand that each year you roll the dice with running backs but i think that also works doubly for any running back from the outside i i feel like also with the 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 desire of jamal williams to come back to detroit this is the priority this is absolutely the priority to resign jamal williams even though Jeremy's going to poo-poo about running back money. No, I'm not at all. They should resign Jamal Williams, period. Like this shouldn't be discussed. We don't need to talk about Jamal Williams for long. He should be resigned. He's a culture fit. He's everything you just said about running hard. Should be an easy resigning, and I hope they do it. I think we need to have a discussion if it doesn't happen, because listen, it's I know it's a really good running back market out there this year, mm-hmm. but Jamal Williams is going to have a market. There are going to be teams that want him. There, there are teams that see all the clips of him and how good of a teammate is. There's going to be teams that see the 17 touchdowns. So Jamal Williams might test free agency. And I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, because he hasn't signed as of Thursday night that, that the Lions aren't interested in re-signing him or, or there's things of it a snag. But I think we just need to have a discussion to have. I mean, this this is what a good general manager does too, right? Like if Jamal Williams is asking for too much, what do we do? There needs to be a contingency plan. So that's what I want to talk about because re- there there does not need to be a discussion about resigning Jamal Williams. We're all on board of doing that. So I, I, I'll throw it to you, Ryan. Like who's who's a guy that if somehow things fall through with with Jamal Williams, you're like, all right, maybe this guy. Yeah, obviously the caveat that we always kind of sidestep is the Lions will resign Jamal Williams, but for how much, right? Sure. And. I, I think it's important, like you said, to acknowledge that there is going to be a market for a guy who had a career season. So if Jamal Williams prices himself out, I'm cool with B. John Robinson at 18. I'm cool with the Lions wow. drafting a running back, but I think it, <laughs> okay. I think it makes a lot of sense from the standpoint. DeAndre Swift will not be coming back to Detroit, in my opinion. Like after the season. season, Yeah. Uh, This is his last season. I I don't, I don't view him as a fit for durability reasons, right? There's always that concern about how available Deandre Swift is going to be when he's healthy. 
he's humming when he's not he's borderline unplayable and I I think that has to be a point of frustration for a team that wants to run the football there's no reason to go out and sign another veteran back I, I think you turn to the draft I think you you have Craig Reynolds who's gonna be in you know uh restricted rights. right yeah exclusive rights free agent you bring him back you have DeAndre Swift for another year you get that guy that you draft positioned to be the guy who takes the torch and maybe there's a camp body here or there I wouldn't I I have no opposition to bringing back Justin Jackson I think he was a really solid spot starter guy um in in you know in lieu of you know DeAndre Swift can't play this week Justin Jackson can pass block. He can catch the ball. He's a special teamer. I just view that the Lions turn to the draft rather than free agency. I would, I would say this, if I'm going to give any name to look out for in free agency, I think you look at the market right now. I think like someone like Donta Foreman is going to be a hot commodity. I think honestly, that might be who Jamal Williams is probably competing against. If anyone, as far as like free agent running backs uh, right now on the market, but the Lions are infamous for one-year deals, for for prove-it deals, Jeremy, for what they did with Shark. And there's someone else down, and, and there's someone else who probably get on prove-it deal, and that's Rashad Penny. Someone who went to, you know, came off that final that that quick contract with with uh with with Seattle, had an ankle injury last year. I think it's going to be a matter of what his market is, but I think that nobody's going to, if you want to just kick, kick the box on that, but that's, that is probably like you, like that is a, that that's a last resort option. That is basically you, you've been unable to get Jamal Williams and you have to turn somewhere else. I shot Penny is another injury prone guy. He doesn't move the needle for me. Sure. Sure. But again, like it's again, it's one of those prove it things you can get. I just, I just think you, you have to if, if you can't get Jamal Williams, you need someone else like you can't go into the draft. I, I, I hate I guess I hate going into the draft with a huge need. Right. Mm-hmm. We always talk about in free agency, like you need to have contingency plans in place in case your guy doesn't fall to you where you want him. And this is too good of a free agency class to pass it up. Like I'm looking at guys like even someone like Alexander Madison, like I feel like he can he's not going to break the bank. He's a body. He's a guy who has experience backing up, kind of being that complimentary role. I'd take him at like two, three million a year just to have a guy there. And then and then, yeah, if you want to add it, then by all means, draft one after that. But I think I think you you need a body in place, especially if you don't bring in bring back Justin Jackson. But I also wanted to throw this like because Justin Jackson, I think, deserves to be part of this conversation. He was, you know, the leading kick returner and all that. What about like a one for one swap and just bring back a Ty Ty was it Ty Williams, right? Former Lions draft pick, mm. Ty Johnson. Sorry, Ty Johnson. Ty, oh, that's who I was thinking. I was, I almost said, so, I almost said Ty Willingham, and I knew that was wrong. That's that was like a, a nice head. little one for one swap there. Bring him back. Mm. I, I know there were people in the Lions building that liked Ty Johnson a lot and were not happy when when they cut him. Bring him back. Most of those guys aren't still in the building, but either way, bring him back. <laughs> one in particular, maybe, maybe, maybe. All right, that's running backs uh, shoved to the side. Now, the problem is uh, we're continuing on the offensive side. Tight end is a bit of a hole right now. They've gotten by on pieces after after unloading uh, TJ, TJ Hawkinson. And I don't know. I still see this as like a big draft 
selection for them. Probably not, probably not, not first round, but I, yeah. Let's talk about what they have first. Let's Um, let's talk about who they have. They have James Mitchell. They have Derek Deese, who's probably not going to factor in, but Brock Wright and Shane Zilstra are both exclusive rights free agents, which means you can bring them back on minimum salary deals. And I think that's the expectation. So you're four deep already. And three of those guys have experience. I guess the question is, yeah, is like where, where does the investment go? Do do they trust their young guys right now and say, let's let those guys develop and maybe bring in a veteran? Or do they not necessarily like these guys for the long term, like Brock Wright, Shane Zilstra? They're okay, but they have a ceiling. Let's improve the room. I think I'm at a point where it's almost kind of like how you feel about running back. I think they bring in a veteran. And if you're looking for a guy who, again, the the, it, the interesting thing about tight ends is you look at the quote unquote top, even the middle of the class. Um, it's a lot of pass catching guys. It's a lot of guys who, I mean, it's your, um, you know, Mike Gusecki. Uh, it's, you know, Evan Ingram got tagged, but Hayden Hurst. It's another guy who's a pass catcher. I, I, I think one name that sticks out to me is a guy who's familiar because he's played in the NFC North. But Mercedes Lewis, even though he's going to be 30. 39. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to go Robert Tunyon for some reason there for a second. Yeah. You, you no, sideswiped me. Yeah, I, I think the reason I like Mercedes Lewis is because he can fit that extra bulky big guy who can catch a ball in a pinch, but also he's ostensibly a you know extra lineman. So... Uh, bring in a veteran guy who's going to be on a one-year deal. I, I, For a lot of these guys, they might be looking for contracts. They might be looking for an opportunity to, you know, step up and uh, have a season where they can make themselves some money. There aren't a whole lot of, there, there's not a whole lot of footballs to go around in Detroit. There's a lot of mouths to feed. So as a tight end who wants to play that role, maybe Detroit might not be the best place for you. Speaking of a place that might have too many mouths to feed in Detroit, uh, wide receivers. Oh, wait, I, I still had a tight oh, end. Oh, you, you, had, you had another tight end? I thought, yeah. okay. Well, there's two things I want to say. One is that Brad Holmes had a quote here from the Combine Week that that said, basically, tight. I'm going veteran, right? He says, if if there's someone that can help us have a little bit more experience, maybe that can bring a little bit more immediate contribution to the tight end group. Um, although the, the first part of that quote is like, I don't know if we really need tight end help. The, the one guy I just want to throw out here, and admittedly, this is a complete dart throw, which I mean, for being completely honest, that's what we're doing. We're, we're throwing darts here. Um, Arizona Cardinals tight end Max Williams, um, an eight year veteran, former second round pick of the Ravens, mainly a blocker, um, has, you know, receptions here and there has never had more than looks like 16 or he had actually had 32 in his rookie season and then no more than 16. A lot of injury issues, um, which I know. Um, might scare some people away, but it, you know, but since the Lions love their one year prove it deals, bringing in maybe an oft injured guy who has a lot of experience in this league and can block, uh, I uh, just keep an eye out on him. That's, um, that's my dart throw. Okay. Well, I feel like my bridge to wide receivers has been burned up here. I'm sorry. No, I just, I, I, I was trying to reset during while you were talking there, and now I can't think of. Look, I, I'm not thrilled with this wide receiver class. I'm just not good. Not like there there's Paris Campbell, but he's been hobbled by a lot of injuries. Like you can maybe look to like me, but like the lions, it's like the, the fact that we're even talking about it right now is just, I I think the question is, do you resign shark? Do you resign shark? Given that the wide receivers you have on rookie deals right now, you've got a lot of them. 
you've got and and I mean your your core right now is you're keeping Khalif Raymond. We know that you're keeping you're 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 going to have you're going to have Jamison Williams. You're going to have Amon Ross St. Brown. Like I I'm not like Shark would be is, is feels like to me is a luxury to bring back. It's one you want though, just to have the threat that he brings. But if not him, who I guess is the question I keep coming back to. So uh, the first thing I want to mention is I don't think it's as easy to re-sign DJ Shark as many people think it might be. If if they're who's of that if they're of that belief, who who's easier to you to re-sign, Jamal Williams or DJ Shark? I think Jamal Williams, just because the like you guys said, the wide receiver class is so paper thin that if if DJ Shark can get some money. He's going to get some money. If I'm looking at this class, though. One name. A little bit of a uh, reuniting of sorts, Marvin Jones, why not? Who would like Marvin Jones coming back? I mean, Marvin Jones now 32. Yeah, I mean, like a big body X receiver guy who, I mean, he's a veteran. He's been here before. I mean, granted, he was here while Matt Patricia was here. Things are a lot better, <laughs> Marvin. Uh, bring your bunt cakes back to Detroit, and uh, let's let's play some football. No rats here. There's no rats at Allen Park. <laughs> Marvin Jones. <laughs> if if Marvin Jones comes back, I'm calling him the exterminator. <laughs> <laughs> the rats are for Urban Meyer. Either one. Yes. <laughs> um we we've had this discussion a couple times this offseason Ryan about the the perceived need of wide receiver and whether it's maybe underrated need or not. I I don't think it's a need. Like even if they don't sign Shark, I don't know if they need to grab a guy that can start. I maybe maybe this is me putting a little bit too much faith in someone like Jameson Williams or Josh Reynolds. But I think that's a solid starting three with Amon Ross St. Brown. And then you have Khalif coming off the bench. That's that's a pretty solid four. I'm yeah, okay I, with that. I, I don't think you're wrong. I think you're I think the question that you're really asking is beyond that, though, like yeah. what's a depth piece that can fit in? So, like, are right. you going to just turn to free agency to do that? Or like I did with the running backs. I mean, maybe you go to the draft and maybe it's a late round pick on a guy. But yeah, I. I don't know. I, I think the question you're asking too is like, do you think Quintez Cephas is with this football team? That's a hard question. He, to he, ask. He's like yeah. the only other big body, quote unquote. I mean, he's not really a a field stretcher in the way that DJ Shark is in terms of speed, but like, right. I, I don't know if they're looking for that necessary. I'm I'm not sure they're looking for that model. Kenny Galladay play Shark. Stop it. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> or Kenny Galladay though. He didn't ask for any of that. True. He got his the, money. The, the Giants his... the Giants put a piece of paper in front of him and said, here's a lot of money. Like, yeah, this is like this is fault. like this week. This week I've heard people like blaming Deshaun Watson for ruining like the market for Lamar Jackson. First off, Deshaun Watson's is you can blame him for other things, but the Browns were the ones who paid him. Likewise, the Giants were the ones who paid Kenny Galladay. Blame them. There there are about 20 some odd women that you... blamed him. So <laughs> All right. Yeah, as I said, we don't need to start to play Deshaun Watson. Watson on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, all right. We, all right. we don't Let's have a lot on. of time before this break. So um, Lions do need a swing t- tackle, Jeremy. They sure do. <laughs> but uh, who's that going to be? <laughs> well, I mean, you can make the argument that they could just re-sign Dan Skipper and Matt Nelson and be done with it. And maybe that's what they do. I wouldn't. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if that's what they do. Maybe they hope Obina Ize grows into that guy. 
Um, I do have a pitch, though, mm-hmm. because I, I have not been thrilled. I feel like Matt Nelson has plateaued a little bit. We used to think he was really good as that, that six offensive lineman role, but I think he, he had a great game against Cleo back one time. He one time. Exactly. <laughs> um, Bobby Hart, uh, a, a swing tackle for the Bills. He is a guy who was part of their jumbo formation like five or six times a game at, at, at a minimum. They use it a lot there in Buffalo. Um, it's 29. Uh, another guy who's who's dealing with some injury concerns. I, th- I believe he's had a, a concussion history in this past season. So that's always something you have to kind of independently look at. Um, but actually, no, I'm thinking someone else. I think I think he's fine. Um, but like a guy who who can be that sixth offensive lineman role. And we know the lines like to use that, especially when they get in the red zone and uh, a guy who has a ton of starts in his career. He's a former seventh round pick. He's got 67 starts to his career, to his career. So if he needs to spot start, um, he's capable of doing that. So that's my pitch, Bobby Hart. It's my dart throw. Cool. Are you guys cool? Just running it back though. I mean, I, I think I'm just, that's kind of my I, main take. If like, they resign Dan Skip, if they, if they want to resign Dan Skipper, Skipper, I'm going to be from Planet Neutral. I have no strong feelings one way or another. Yeah, I I think the way that I feel is if the Lions want to address that position, get a jumbo tight end. Mm-hmm. Okay, big guy, so, big guy. Yeah. Well, what about the interior? So, um, let me make sure I get this name right because, um, and you can take away my Lions fan card all you want. Uh, I had to. Uh, remember Ross Pierschbacher mm-hmm. that he was on the roster. And I, I, I'll be honest, like I must've blanked out at some point lions did resign him. Yes. So I guess that, I guess that then puts the question upon, does he take Evan Brown's place on a roster here? I, I don't think that signing means anything yet. I think, I think it's just like, Oh, Ross, you're, you're in town. All right. We'll sign your contract first. Come on in here. Um, Come on down. I, I still think he's very much in camp body territory. We'll, we'll see. I don't think that necessarily has enough. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily indication that they won't be able to bring Evan Brown back, but I'm also under the impression they might not be able to bring Evan Brown back because he's been such a decent backup for as long as he's been um, that, that he might get a starting opportunity this offseason. I thought he might get it last year. Um, he didn't do a ton to prove it this year, but I think he's, he's capable Tommy Kramer is to me, the more important guy here. He's an exclusive rights free agent. So he's an easy bring back, but we don't know what his status is with his back injury. Um, He's capable of being a backup center. I think he's capable of being the primary backup at either guard position. It's very important. And then obviously the other in-house decision is, is the Halapuli Vati Vaitai one. Do you keep him? Do you cut him for the the cap space? It's taking up a lot of cap, but, I'm kind of starting to lean that the Lions are not in such a desperate cap situation that they need the extra room. That we're they, we're already spend it. We're already saying they're not going to spend a ton towards the right. cap anyway. Like if anything, maybe you want to keep some around because of Jared Goff's contract or because of, but actually I think that's going down. Um, but like eventually, eventually you're going to want it, but not this year as far as like some of these rookie deals, but yeah, you're right. Like where, where, if you're going to save money on Vitae, where are you going to spend the savings? Right. And wh- I mean, and who's going to be your starting right guard? Yeah. Oh, uh, Ryan's got an idea on defense. On defense. Oh, on In defense? the second segment, we'll talk about it. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I will say this, that I am, I am actually 
of the belief that, uh, and I have no backing to go with it. I am not someone who is going to uh, say that I have a source inside the Lions on this, but I will say that I feel that the Lions, it would be smart for them to look towards a replacement on Vitae as far as in the draft. Yeah. So that sure. that alone would be like, maybe you pick up a guard so you're not going into the draft um, empty-handed, but at the same time, I feel like it, it it might be time just given just given the difficulties with Vitae to move on from that as well. The the only name that I want to throw out as a flyer just because I, like I, names. Fell, I, I fell in love with him during uh during the draft was uh Will Hernandez. He's a former second round pick, uh play uh, last played with the Cardinals. He's a guy that you could get on like a Evan Brown type deal. And he could be a solid backup if Evan yeah, Brown I think, I think last down. year, I think last year he had, he made just like north of a million in base salary. Yeah. I mean, he, was second, so. he was second round pick. So, yeah. yeah, I got before we go to break here, my dart throw oh. for guard. Ooh. 2019 Los Angeles Rams Uh-oh. fifth round pick. So Uh-oh. you already know where I'm going with that. Uh, David Edwards. He started at left and right guard for the Rams over the past four years. He's the one that's dealt with some concussion issues this past year, only started four games. But I know I know plucking from the Rams horrible offensive line sounds like a bad idea, but this guy's actually semi-decent. So um he's a guy that I would keep an eye out on. Keep an eye on out of the, all that. We are overdue to take a break. And because this is taking the place of the main podcast, it means that at the last moment, I have had to remember to let you guys know that Pride of Detroit POD cast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. And hey, free agents, you want some of this Righteous righteous Felon? Come on down because it's available to write the jerky and the meat sticks. They're at Allen Park at the training facilities, available to all Lions players. Yes, you could be a Detroit Lion and get the, the jerky that we love, that the Lions love, all of it. Each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein. Each stick is eight grams. Jeremy's about to go on a trip by the time this podcast comes out. You know what he's taking for himself on the plane? That's right. Victorious B.I.G. That is the beer infused flavor. Uh, the v- Victory Storm King Stout. If you know your uh, micro brews from Philadelphia, I guess. So because, hey. Might not be Detroit-based, but this is the next best thing that Righteous Felons based in Westchester, Pennsylvania. All-natural, Black Angus beef, locally sourced, priding themselves in superior quality and revolutionary branding. Jeremy's chowing down right right now. That's right. Getting ready for this uh, free agency. Got it. I'm, get, I'm getting drunk on meat. Drunk on meat. <laughs> drunk on meat. Jerky. Uh, Victorious B.I.G. does not actually have any alcohol content in it. But hey, guess what we are going to give you is a promo code P.O.D. 15. If you use that at RighteousFelon.com at checkout, you get 15% off your order. That's right. P.O.D. 15. Pride of Detroit. That's what P.O.D. stands for. P.O.D. 15. RighteousFelon.com. We'll be right back. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, 
that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Pride to Detroit POD cast special here in your inbox on a podcast. Podcast is it's not written. Whatever. We've already gone off the rails here when you weren't watching. Um, I'm going to break some news to you guys. There is someone on the on the Detroit Lions roster by the name of John Kaminsky. <gasps> he was uh, fairly good last year. I've heard tales of him. Mm. They say on on and on a night with a with uh, when there's no moon in the sky. <laughs> He passes by. You'll just see John Kaminsky's club hand. <laughs> That's right. So what are the Lions going to do with John Kaminsky? I feel like he's played himself into a into an interesting situation right now, Jeremy. Well, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> news came out today, and I think it surprised a lot of people. Uh, the John Kaminsky said, like, hey, I really want to come back to the Lions. That's not the surprising part. He said that a lot. Mm-hmm. But he said, like, you know, it, it seems like there's interest. Well, I, he, I, I should I should pull him directly instead of trying to um, paraphrase. directly yeah. paraphrase him. He says, there's a business side to this. Maybe another team will bring some numbers and the Lions will have to see what they want to do. I hope it works out, but I don't really know. Then he says he's going to test. He's essentially going to test free agency and and he hopes to sign just a few days after testing free agency just to see what's out there. And I think the reason for that is that he, he and his agent seem to be getting the sense, and this is me inferring um, that he's, he's going, there's a market for him. And you have to remember when the lines put in a claim form last year, there were seven other teams that did so too. So he was a hot commodity last year and people have clearly seen his tape from this year where he made a difference. He made the guys around him better specifically. His own stat line doesn't look that great, but Aiden Hutchinson was probably the biggest benefactor of him being on the field. And then Mike Gar- Garofolo goes out there and says like he could get north of 5 million a year, which I don't remember what we, you know, when we were doing our estimates, I don't think I pitched you 5 plus million a year for for him. So if the, if that's his market, the Lions have, I think, a more difficult decision than we thought on our hands. I think we all thought this was this one was in the bag. He was just going to resign. It wasn't necessarily. I mean, Edge is an expensive position, but I don't think we we necessarily saw five million years. So, I don't know. We're we're at a we're at a tough crossroads. Edge isn't like as big of a need as other things. So the Lions could certainly survive without John Kaminsky. But I don't know. What what are you guys feeling here? Are, do you think the Lions should throw a competitive offer his way, or is it too rich for their blood when they when they have other positions of need? 
here's the thing. There's a lot of calculus to this because you have to consider what are the Lions going to do with Romeo Aguara? What are they going to do with Charles Harris? Yep. If the Lions, if if we start subtracting edge rushers, what is kind of thought as a strength right now, Jeremy and Chris, I think becomes a truly a, a point of of need for the Lions at six. Like if if Charles Harris isn't here, if Romeo Aguara isn't here, if John Kaminsky signs elsewhere. Now, all of a sudden, you're very young. You are Aiden Hutchinson. You are Josh Pascal. You are James Houston. And there's not a lot of veteran players beyond that. And, yeah, I here's the thing. I think this is kind of like what you said earlier, Jeremy, about running back. Like, you don't want it to be a need going into the draft. You want some flexibility. You want that opportunity to kind of take, like, the best player available. If if Kaminsky isn't a priority re-signing, I'm I'm starting to get a little bit concerned because who who do the Lions have at, at the edge position? Because I think we learned, especially through Kaminsky, like you want to rotate these guys. Yeah, yeah, you want to have the depth to, to rotate. And I guess just at the end of the day, it's why I haven't taken edge completely off the board for the Lions when it comes down to it. Because these decisions, I feel like at least one of these edges, Ryan, is going to roll off the table. You're just not going to be able to keep. I don't know if it's if it's going to be. You know, you decide to part ways with Quara, or you can't keep Kaminsky. But I can't. I don't really foresee everything going perfectly for the Lions to keep all of them. Yeah, which I, leads I, me. To, I, yeah, I want to propose an interesting question to the both of you guys. If you could only keep one of three between mm. Charles Harris, Romeo Quara, and John Kaminsky, who are you keeping? Harris. It oh. might be Kamin. It might be Kaminsky. Honestly, it's tough. I I I think they can keep two, and I I hate to cut Romeo, but I think I think that might be. Could they restructure though? Maybe well, I, I'd have to look at what his base. Right. Yeah, that's kind of putting you on the spot. But like, <clears throat> yeah, I I think I generally agree with you. Like Kaminsky is a guy who he played all last year. He played himself into a into a contract. I, I think Kaminsky might be the guy that you want to end up keeping. Yeah. yeah that's, and I mean, and if you cut both other guys, there's the money you need to, to resign him. Right. Right. Um, then all, then all of a sudden five, $6 million for John Kaminsky is pre- pretty palatable. Right. For sure. Um, yeah. Especially if you're dropping some of those. Yeah. I just don't. I, I mean, I think we all looked in this off scene saying they're going to get rid of either Romeo or, or Charles Harris. They'll bring back Kaminsky. So we all kind of went with this assumption that they're going to keep two out of three. Maybe they don't, I still think they can. The question is just Charles Harris or, I mean, it's, it's a question we've been asking ourselves all offseason. Is it Romeo or is it Charles Harris? Which one of those two is going to get the ax? And you can make a, a good enough argument for either of them. And so maybe, maybe you do do both. And you say, let's give Kaminsky the bag. He's still young. He's like 26, 27 years old. And hopefully he'll have two workable hands next year. He's not <laughs> clubbing people. Um, so I think, I think the bar is higher for Kaminsky than maybe even I was, thinking uh, at the end of the season. So let me ask you then moving on to defensive tackles. I think we're, are we good on edges then, or do we need to spend some more time on Okwara? No, I feel like I've, it's just hard to figure that out. It is. We're good. And we don't need to All take right. any stabs at free agents. Cause I think most of the questions are just interior. It's in, it's internal, but internal, speaking yeah. of an interior. That's uh, a good one. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, I tried. I think I screwed up your layup though, <laughs> but uh, I think Isaiah Bugs is an easy resign for the lions. Hopefully. I mean, now I'm not sure, right? 
I I will say so. We're again we're recording this on Thursday night, and I I sense Lions fans freaking out a little bit that they haven't re-signed anybody. I I want to pump the brakes there. Like, look around the league. There's not a lot of people that have re-signed a lot of people. So, I, I was gonna I, say it's it's a lot better than being in the Vikings position where you have Zadarius Smith coming to your front office and saying that he wants out. Release me. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, and that's that's the other thing is like. I was going through past free agencies and the Lions cut like 12 people in year one. And of course you're going to cut a lot in a, in, in a, you know, a regime change, but um, Lions don't need to cut a lot of people. They're going to resign a fair amount of people. They might even wait until they, they resigned a lot of people after free agency started last year. I, I feel like people forget that. Like Tracy Walker's resigning happened after the start of free agency. So some of that is just going to happen after we record this podcast, after you're listening to this podcast. And it's okay. It doesn't mean that the Lions are lowballing guys or the Lions are dragging their whatever. Relax. But to bring this back to Isaiah Buck, he's going to get resigned. I don't, I don't think there's a huge market for him. He didn't have an outstanding year like John Kaminsky did. I think that's going to be an easy resigning. The question is, is that going to be enough? Because you only have Ali McNeil, Levi Onzerike, and Demetrius Taylor signed. And you'll probably bring back Benito Jones on an exclusive rights free agent. So let's say they have all five of those, those guys, McNeil, Bugs, Benito, Levi Onzerike, and Demetrius Taylor. They still need help, right? Yeah, without a doubt. I, I think you need a guy who is, <clears throat> it, it's just interesting though, right, Jeremy? Like we all saw last year, the transition that Aleem made from being the nose to being the three tech. I think it's just going to be really interesting to see who that player is that they plug in next to Aleem. Yeah. I Because I think we've all kind of just resigned ourselves to the idea that Levi is a non-factor, yep. um, which is a huge bummer. Yep. I, I, I think that ship has almost certainly sailed, but I, I, I will find it very interesting whether or not the lions you know, grab somebody in free agency. I, I doubt they grab somebody in free agency. Like, I, I don't think, again, like the splashy guys, like that's not going to be like, they're not going to go out and get um, a say, you know, uh, Javon Hargrave, or they're not going to get even maybe somebody like Dalvin Tomlinson, like that's too expensive. Uh, Draymond Jones from the book, you know, for the Broncos, too expensive. I, I, I think that, I think that they probably look towards the draft again. Yeah. Um, yeah. To kind of fill this need with when, when they assuming, you know, they bring back bugs. Who's a good rotational player. I just think that you can put a better player in front of them. Yeah, I think so. I think that, uh, I, I think I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, it, I had, again, I had something. Oh, go on. I was just going to, it's again, a situation where I, I think you want at least someone in place there. So that again, you don't have to reach, but I don't, don't have a lot of good answers like Akeem Hicks maybe, but he's got to be up there in age. What is he? I don't know. I can't throw stones in a glass house. I suggested signing a 39 year old tight end. So <laughs> right. that is true. Um, if, if we can just throw if all right, dart throw uh, mm-hmm. Matt Ioannidis okay. from the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Maybe a guy like PFF projection, two years, six and a half million per year. That might be a little expensive, but I mean, maybe. You know, if I'm going to yeah. throw a name out there, I don't right. think anybody wants to sign Jerron Reed. No, <laughs> it, it's I feel like if the lines make a signing here, it's going to be a guy that we don't know much about. Right. It's just going to be this nose tackle that, you know, had, got 300 snaps somewhere 
that that we don't know much about, but the Lions like him for whatever reason, and he probably will play pretty good. It'll be and or that, it'll be a name that's like tickling on the edge of our brains, but we're like, oh yeah, we didn't even think of that guy. Bring back Carrie Hyder. <laughs> God, Carrie Hyder. Oh yeah. Side note, I've noticed some former Lions getting uh, paid pretty well. I saw Jared Davis and Amir Abdullah both getting new deals not long here ago. So good for them. Good. No, no that's, I'm, I'm saying that as a positive. Yeah. I'm saying that as a positive. I'm glad they, they found homes. Uh, oh boy, linebackers. There are a lot of in-house decisions to be done. But I think first and foremost, you have to start with what you do about Alex Anzalone. And I think when we did our game show a few podcasts ago, I I don't even want to call it a game show, but I think we were of the opinion that um, we were happy to let Alex kind of go and test the waters elsewhere. Certainly seems like what might happen here. Um, again, I just reading the tea leaves. It certainly seems like Alex Anzalone is interested in in trying to cash in from his best career year last year. Um, obviously, there's going to be mutual interest in returning too, because coaching staff loves him. He certainly loves the coaching staff. Got a ton of experience under Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn. Um, so there, there's mutual interest there. But this again, like people reaching for the pie in the sky fantasies, I think are going to get disappointed here. Like I don't, I don't think they could lure Bobby Wagner, even if they wanted to Um, as much as we all are excited about the Lions and and them potentially being a contender. I think there are teams that are much clearer contenders that he'll probably have more interest in going to. I think Tremaine Edmonds, while it's nice to get a 25 year old linebacker in the prime of his career, I don't see the line splashing on, on a guy like him as much as he would upgrade the team, the lines have just come out and said, like, they're not willing to play, pay these like high end top tier guys. And I don't know if they value the linebacker position enough to throw a guy, a 15, 16, 17 million a year contract at linebacker. So I think, I think again, we're, we're going to have to like scroll down on your, you know, free agent lists and, and find someone that, that is a veteran with maybe a lot of experience. But I think I, I, I honestly think maybe you're talking about Alex Anzalone. <laughs> that, that right, and I I think maybe that's what happens. I think maybe Alex Alex Anzalone does what John Kaminsky is saying he's going to do, which is let me see what's out there. Oh, not that much. All right, back to Detroit I go. I, and I think that might be. I don't want to call that the best case scenario, but I want to say that that is a that's a scenario that it's suffices. A po- it's a positive outcome. Yeah, I I think so, but I just view Anzalone as somebody who the Lions could they could upgrade and they could do it with but they need to be careful about how they upgrade that position because I do think that I think that the Lions are like they they need to view themselves as contenders. Their window is open now and they have the draft capital and depending on, you know, what they do with some cap casualties that we've talked about, they'll have a little bit of money to spend. They're going to be very wise and they're going to be very, um, you know, particular as, as, you know, Brad Holmes and and, and Dave Campbell kind of both talked about, about being very picky in free agency. I think I think like Bobby Wagner is a guy who could view this spot as, hey, these guys are Jeremy. They're the favorites to win the NFC North. (laughs) If you are the favorites to win your division, you are a contender. Okay. 
I think that they could lure somebody like Bobby Wagner. You know what? Lures are the wrong verb. They could entice a Bobby Wagner. Okay. There's nothing mischievous about this. Levante David might even be a little bit expensive, maybe on the, you know, the higher end side of like 10, $10 million a year. But I viewed those two guys as ways that you can upgrade the position. They're definitely better than Alex Anzalone. And you still get that veteran leadership in a very, very young linebacker room and a, for all intents and purposes, a very, very young defense. I think they need that guy still. They need, they need a veteran leader on that team. They lost Brockers. Sure. You know, if they lose mm-hmm. Anzalone, then who is it? Is it it's Tracy Walker? Sure. It's a hard label for him to wear, but Aiden, baby. The veteran. The veteran of one year. <laughs> Farther down for the linebackers, I, I think the more fascinating questions too is with is with uh Woods and Chris Board as well. Um <clears throat> Lions yeah. don't I like like I I okay you you know you know you have two players you got two linebackers to contracts right now Derek Barnes Malcolm Rodriguez ERFA Anthony Pittman uh I believe he's been tendered Jeremy that's correct so let's just make it three you've got three yep with Pittman like that's no better than a depth piece it's a special teamer and a special and teamer. That's what they have to decide, I think, with their depth now is right. Is how yes. how much are we going to devote to special teams, and how much are we going to get guys that can play if we need them? Um, because Anthony Pittman's back; he's a guy that's led your team in special teams in the past two years combined. Great, you'll have that guy. Does that make a Josh Woods redundant? Maybe, maybe not. But they like Josh Woods a lot. That guy was also a team captain. He was also a special team ace. But Chris Board now. Chris Board, we thought, kind of was that guy that was like, good backup, great special teamer. Do we need, but I I don't think he really proved himself as a special teamer. Like, he was supposed to be their coverage guy on third downs, and I don't think he was particularly good. Great special teamer, but we already have Anthony Pittman. You could bring back Josh Woods, I think, on a relatively cheap deal. Do you need a Chris Board, or do you need to upgrade that spot, that third spot, that fourth spot, that fourth linebacker spot, as someone who's Forget about their special teams skills. Who's a guy who can ball? And so the question mark is Derek Barnes, right? Like how much do you believe in Derek Barnes as being like that next defender off the bench? Right. I think you need another guy just, just in case. So you you don't even have Barnes as a starter. Okay. So Barnes can start in your, in your book then. He could. I mean, I mean, that that's also part of the decision making process here. Are we ready to hand the reins to Malcolm Rodriguez and Derek Barnes? Obviously, Malcolm Rodriguez, cowboy man himself, like he showed he can do it, but he he didn't show he could do it for 17 games. No, that's the problem. Um, So, I I mean, that's why that's why, like, yeah, I do think they need to bring in a veteran guy. Is it a top tier veteran guy? I don't know. I mean, you're you're stuck in a position where it's like you don't want a Michael Brockers it where you get a veteran guy who can't ball anymore. But can you can you can you lure? Can you entice? I'm sorry. Can you entice the top tier talent that is also the veteran talent? I don't know. Kyle Van Noy, come on down. Let's talk about another position, please. <laughs> <laughs> I killed it. Good. Well, I don't think it's going to be much easier here, Ryan, because um, next one we have to talk about is cornerback. Yeah. So lots of decisions to be made, right? 
right. because well, we've we've asked this question, we've opined <laughs> on this podcast. Oh my god, do the Lions have starters at cornerback? I don't know if they do, but I guess you have to start with the very first question. I know it's the one that I think I think I know where the fans are going to say, but just because there's nobody else there, I want to at least pump the brakes a little bit on it, but oh, fine, just rip the bandaid off. Will Harris. What do you do about Will Harris? I think bring him back. I, I I know we weren't we weren't anywhere near saying that last year, but he he proved he can find a home at nickel. And we we talk all the time. Free agency is about getting guys that, so that you don't have to draft guys. If the Lions have to go into the season with Will Harris as their starting nickel, it's not the end of the world. And so bringing a guy by like the, bring bringing a guy like that back at a relatively affordable deal, I think makes a lot of sense. The outside think, position. Yeah, is, real is quick, real quick. Yeah, real quick about nickel. I think they have a lot of options, right? Yeah. Like you could bring back Will Harris. Maybe it's Chase Lucas. Maybe they maybe they either through free agency or through the draft, they get the outside corners figured out. And we've talked about this before, but maybe Jeff Okuda is a natural fit to slide into the slot so they can sure. better utilize his his skills as a tackler. So I think the nickel position is pretty much fine. Like, like you said, I think I would be fine with Will Harris or I would be fine with Chase Lucas because I kind of trust this coaching staff. Yeah. The outside corners though are, are a freaking mess. Right. So you got, you got Okuda, you got Jacobs, and then you got a couple uh, street free agents. I think some futures deals guys and Chase Lucas. Amani's not coming back. I think we can all pretty much agree with that. Um, Yeah. But I don't know. Like I don't. I don't want to talk smack about Jerry Jacobs. Not that I would, but I. I think. I think people tend to overstate his value a little bit. But anytime I say that, someone adds him on Twitter, and I get in trouble. Um, <laughs> well, real quick about about Jacobs and about Okuda. I think it's nice that both of those guys are going into this offseason not rehabbing. True, they're going to go into this offseason yes. training. Yes, that's which, huge. Which is good. Yeah, huge. And so may, maybe. There's there's always a chance that the Lions coaching staff is higher on those two guys than than some of us are, and and maybe they have faith that at least there's one starter there. I mean, maybe they even think there's two, but I think most of us on the outside say, "Hey, there's way too many question marks." And there's like if if it's all going to work out with the guys they've they've got right now, everything has to go perfectly. It, it it's all those like, well, what if this happens and what if this happens? It all of that has to fall in line for the Lions to be okay at cornerback right now. So instead. This is the one position where I want them to splurge, but at the same time, I know they're not going to because they keep telling me they're not going to, which is why I'm why those comments last week at the combine kind of frustrate me because I would have loved to see them make a run at Jalen Ramsey. I I don't mind them trying to make a run at Jamel Dean or, or James Bradbury or whoever's out there in the top tier, but I think the Lions have made it pretty clear they're not going to do that. So maybe it's, I don't know, what's the, the plan there? get like a, a veteran guy that can possibly start and draft one in the first round. I don't want to give too much of my article away, but one name that I have circled that kind of fits the bill of he's not going to be a top tier free agent. It's not Jamel Dean. It's not James Bradbury. Uh, I like, and it's not just for the name bracket tournament, but rock yes in. Um, I, I view him as a guy who the Lions could sign for eight and a half, nine, maybe nine and a half million dollars a year. 
which admittedly is a little bit expensive, but that puts him right on the cusp of like top 20 cornerback in the NFL in terms of, uh, in terms of his cap hit. But I think that he fits the bill in terms of what they want. Like it, like it, it's, it's the Dan Campbell quote, right? He said something about like, uh, let's just find a guy that can serve a certain type of role for us. He's somebody who's maybe played a little bit of ball and he can start for us at a position. Rock could start for him at, at outside corner. He he plays press man. He's physical. Um, and he's, he's honestly, I mean, you look at his stats over the past two years, he's one of the, you know, he's in the top 30 for coverage grade for when he's in press man uh, in force in completion percentage. And he's, he's actually fifth in yards allowed per coverage snap among outside corners for the past two seasons. So, this is a guy that I view as somebody that they can get who has a high floor, but also has like a room to to grow as well. And because he's going to be 27 by the time the season starts, maybe you sign him on a shorter, hey, two, maybe three year deal that, hey, if I have a really good season, I ball out. I can, you know, I can go back to the well and I can earn myself a bigger paycheck. I like that dart throw. Thank Rock you. I'm just going to safety. Yeah. Yeah, safety. Right, safety. You got big decisions on both CJ Moore and Deshaun Elliott. This is maybe in a better position than cornerbacks right now because you're going to have you're, you've got your starters, right? You got Tracy Walker, uh, team leader, according to this podcast, apparently. Team leader Tracy Walker, Kirby Joseph. You got a Fatu Melifonu and Brady Breeze also on the roster as well. So. That leaves three unrestricted free agents you got to make decision on. Moore, Elliot, and Savion Smith. Elliot, I think we can say, played well when he was healthy, Jeremy. Yeah, and I think he really improved down the stretch as as a guy that you'd love to have as your primary backup um, or, or, you know, even third safety out there in Mm -hmm. in three safety looks, which they they really didn't get to do a lot of because of the health at safety last year. I do wonder if he's played himself out of Detroit with his market, though. I mean, he's not going to get a ton of money. He's not going to get, you know, seven, eight, nine million a year or anything like that. But he could get four, five, six. Um, And if it's on the higher end of that, I mean, we're talking about a lot of guys in that range. You know, Jamal Williams is in that range. Alex Anzalone is in that range. And we we keep talking about guys in in this kind of four to six million dollars a year range. Lines are going to be able to bring all of those guys back. Um, Mm -hmm. So Deshaun Elliott's an interesting conundrum because he's also probably going to want an opportunity to start with the way he played. And I don't know if he's going to get that here. Um, if you believe Tracy Walker, he's, he's going to be ready like in a month. I don't know if that's actually going to be true. Um, but the lines obviously need to, to, to cover their ass a little bit here too. So I think Deshaun Elliott is a very smart resigning. I just don't know how much mutual interest there's going to be because I think, I think Elliott, would rightfully think that maybe he has an opportunity to get a lot of money and get a, a starting position where he might not have either of those things here. So is this somewhere, Ryan, you can see the lions if they can't, if they can't get him to go somewhere else, like maybe I think I've seen like Jabril peppers listed around, like probably estimated around three, 4 million a year, three, 3.6 million a year or so. Is that somewhere where they spend a little money? It's, it's not too terribly uh, inflated a market at safety. Yeah, I'm just wondering how much they want to spend on this position, right? Because mm-hmm. they already have a lot of money, you know, as mentioned, 
uh, dedicated to Tracy Walker. Um, a, a couple, a couple of dart throws that I'll say. Um, Nick Scott, former Los Angeles Ram. Uh, another one that would be a little bit more expensive would be Taylor Rapp. Um, all former Rams. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, let's just do it. Really, really uh, driving home this Detroit Rams thing again. I thought we buried yeah. that. But maybe somebody who isn't a Ram, uh, Adrian Amos, um, mm. former Packer, played there. Um, <laughs> the whole NFC North. He's been a bear too, right? I think, yeah. Let's do the, let's, let's round the bases here. Yeah. More baseball what, talk. Hey, bring, bring back Deron Harmon. Why not? He did, he did all right in Vegas. He did all right in Vegas. Sure. Yeah. It's just, I don't, like Jeremy, Chris, I don't know. Like, you figure that hopefully tri- this all comes back to is Tracy Walker healthy? Yeah. Is Tracy yes. Walker ready to go? Because yes. if Tracy Walker isn't ready to go, you like Deshaun Elliott all of a sudden becomes a priority for sure. resigning. Um or you're gonna go out there and you're gonna try to sign somebody else. Yeah. Or or maybe if he's gonna be amazing next year. Yeah. Well oh, I forgot this is an official podcast. People can't sense the <laughs> The look I'm giving to the camera. Yeah, you're uh yeah, you did not put that in sarcasm. Text. The, the more the more I'm sitting here, the more I am starting to think about Deron Harmon though, as like a value, <laughs> as a value signing. I, like he, I mean, he's a fantastic leader. He was he was one of the best yeah. people in the locker room during the, the Matt Patricia era. Um, but I, I don't know if he would have interest in coming back. I don't I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't Especially know. It's, it's hard to it's hard to tell when the regimes change like that, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody wanted John Johnson the third two years ago. Do you want him yeah. now? There you go. Bring him back. <laughs> oh boy. All right. We're almost out of time here. As always, we keep going long on these supposedly two minute pod, uh, two segment podcasts. Um, is there any competition at kicker or long snapper, Jeremy? Chris, Our, I put, uh, I put this, teams? I put this in the outline. I know. On purpose. I know. Go get gold. I don't care. I want to be gold. I want a kicker. Look, if you're going to compete, kicks. you need a good ki- damn kicker. Yes, absolutely. Give me one that, that I can trust from 50 yards. Then why'd you let Matt Prater go? Who was the one on this podcast two years ago saying, what are you doing about Matt Prater? That guy is good. Give me Robbie gold or Matt Gay. Matt Gay went seven of nine from 50 yards last year. Oh my God, Detroit Rams. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Matt Gay. Uh, I'll, I'll honestly, like, I'll pay a little bit. I'm Mr. I hate special teams, but I understand the kickers kind of matter. And kickers listen, absolutely do matter at the end of the games, man. Like, like when you got everything on the line, like, please, for the love of God, get the get a good kicker in there. Dude, somebody, we were so, temperature we were right so now. spoiled. The, I'm, the, we were so the, spoiled. The only downside to getting a kicker that can actually make it from 50 plus yards is that we might not go for it as much on, on fourth down. And that I don't like, we need to make sure that doesn't happen. Okay. We need to make sure that it's when it's, when it's fourth and one and you're facing a 53 yard field goal, you're still going for it in in those opportunities. So I I think I want a kicker competition. I'm, I'm fine bringing back. What's his name? Badgley. Badgley. <laughs> Badgley's an un- unrestricted free agent. So like oh. the Lions would have to bring him back. Um, yeah. I'm fine bringing him back, but I, I want competition. I want I want a kicker competition. I want to tally it at, at at training camp. I want I want that to be part of my daily reports at training training camp. This guy 
was one for two. This guy was eight for eight. I don't know why one guy got six you're, more kicks. You're you're did. you're ready sitting here like talking about kicker competition. I'm sitting here with the, with the pennants out, ready for the long snapper competition. I know they're <laughs> going to probably bring out Scott Daly, but Scott Daly's year was fairly uneven. I want some competition. No, <laughs> that I don't want. <laughs> well, you know, we did make long snapper competition. Long <laughs> snapper competition. <laughs> hashtag long snapper watch was a staple for a few years here, but I'm ready to be done with that. You're ready to be done. You're ready to hand the, the, the honorary mule box to uh, Scott Daly. That's right. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Sorry guys. I was trying to uh, sort the PFF free agent chart by long snappers, but they didn't have <laughs> that option. We'll we'll bring Hamza on to just talk long snappers for 45 minutes. No, I, I, I was I, <laughs> I was so on board with you this. bringing I, I was so on board with you bringing Hamza on, but I think it should be like a joke segment where we talk to him for like thirty seconds. Like, it's like yeah, it's right before you know what we got to do. It's like the old John Cena smash cuts we used to do on this podcast. It's like, hey Hamza, what's your thoughts on uh, on on the kicker? Well, I John Cena, and we're out. <laughs> it's it's like when Jimmy Kimmel used to bring on Matt Damon. <laughs> and like never and never let him talk <laughs> yeah dan or like dan levitard had like who was it the uh miami writer on greg cody he always go to greg cody two seconds before the hard network out at the top of the hour <laughs> and the, the hour. bottom of the hour that's something it's about 17 minutes away <laughs> well we are done here hopefully none hopefully like at least 90 percent of this work will still be relevant by the time this hits podcast feeds if not, you're going to hear my stupid voice at the start. Nah. So I apologize beforehand. Nah, I don't. Deal with it, listeners. Jeremy says, deal with it. You know what I say? I say we'll see you starside. Goodbye, everyone. Next time, PODcast. <laughs>